you've got to make decisions of what do you want to manifest in this life and if there's something really important to you you have to put yourself first and that's not being selfish biz women rock episode 215 Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from businesswomen so you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. Holy cow, I am super excited for you to hear this interview today with Lee Miltier. Now, um, Lee's done everything. I mean, that's really what I can say about her. She has been a, and is a speaker, an author, a trainer. She has built out programs. She runs programs with GKIC. Um, that's Glacier Kennedy Inner Circle. Uh, she is an active affiliate. She is just a powerhouse of a woman. And has shared the stage with names that you will, of course, know. Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, Zig Ziglar, uh, Dan Kennedy, all those sorts of people. Uh, She has had her own TV show. She has been featured on just about every major media network that you could possibly think of. And before I spend another 40 minutes basically giving you her bio, what I want to prepare you for that you're going to hear in this conversation Um, is some really interesting tips on how she has leveraged PR so successfully to continue launching every piece of new business that she has. Uh, She's got some really great tips for how to do that. How she focuses uh, and how she chooses to not uh, get distracted by all the bright, shiny objects that we got going around us how she structures her day and why that makes her so productive. She told me even before we got on the phone – or before we started recording, how she is often seen as a company who does in a month what most companies might do in a year. So, and that's so true when you hear about all the different things that she's done. And she's got some very cool practical examples of how she actually makes that stuff happen in her life. How she writes, how she has published uh, and come out with 13 books, um, you know, a couple bestsellers on that list. I mean, she has been very successful in this arena. Uh, Her book that just came out in May is called Reclaim the Magic, and uh, it's a whole book about how to manifest what you want. So let's get into this interview already so you can hear for yourself why Lee is so amazing. Lee, what is going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Well, Katie, uh, so much is going on. I have a new book that I am promoting called Reclaim the Magic, The Real Secrets to Manifesting Anything You Want. So I am talking to a bazillion radio stations, TV stations, and newspapers, but I'm excited about talking to you. Man, and I got to say that you are a hustler, and this is why. 
the, one of the things that I noticed about you in the research I was doing is that you, you know how in Hollywood they have like this, the, the label of like, oh, she's a triple threat because she's an actress and she's a, she has product and she can sing. You are like the like dozen threat because it seems that throughout your career and throughout your entrepreneurial life, you have done, if not do, just about so many things. I mean, you are a speaker, you are an author, you are a program creator, you uh, have product, you are an affiliate. I mean, you do so much. So I can't wait for everyone to be able to hear a little bit more about who you are and how you've built your entrepreneurial successes all of these years. Um, And one thing I always really love being able to know, especially for somebody like you who's so decorated, is were you an entrepreneur early on? Like, were you kind of like creating stuff as a little kid or did entrepreneurialism come late to you? Well, Katie, I actually... uh ran a business when I was 12 years old and I'll give you a real brief story about that. Uh, My father was a rancher farmer and we had all these big five farms around us and we had five foremans and one day the major foreman got hurt and he had to be taken to the hospital and he wasn't going to come out of there for a long time and my my when I got home from school that day and it was the last day of school when I was 12 years old my dad said to me Lee I need you to go down to the barn saddle up your horse get your rifle because I was a crack shot and I need you to go up to the field there are 37 people waiting for a leader and we have 110 acres of farmland that we have to take care of before this big storm comes and destroys the crop and so I literally didn't have a clue what I was doing other than I didn't want to disappoint my dad and saddled up my horse got my rifle got some water and went up and dealt with 37 people who were laborers and my nickname became at the time one more row because our (laughs) our rows were acres and acres of long and the only thing I had to promote and motivate these people literally was water and rest and I learned at 12 years old that you know you can become a leader you just have to work harder and stronger and have the right attitude and they will follow you and so from then uh, my father was so impressed that I actually got my own cruise and from the age of 12 years on um, I had a, a steady income when I was 16 I was working in tasty freeze and then retail stores I could sell ice to Eskimos and I mean <laughs> I was just this little hot fire of making money and when I was 17 years old I applied for a female rock and roll station kind of fibbed to them a little bit and told them I was out of school <laughs> and got a full-time rock and roll wild woman job when I was 17 years old wow so from there I went into sales and there I found this is where my true calling is I can communicate I understand how people think and I only sell things that I have total integrity with that I believe in but I am very pleased to say that all of being an entrepreneur is really about the confidence of with integrity of selling what you have to serve other people because sales is nothing but really good education mm. and yeah. it's not all the bad stuff that everybody tries to tell you it is you, you sell every day getting your kids to do your their homework <laughs> or to get your husband to load the dishwasher you know i mean you're selling you just don't realize you're selling so as you were, you know, kind of going through the ranks and getting all this experience, when, like, what was the first endeavor that you had where you had a product or service of your own and said, okay, I'm going out to do this? 
Well, from being a rock and roll disc jockey, I actually started a company called Background Music Service of Tidewater, which is we put in electronic uh, music systems and phone systems to large commercial buildings. And uh, my husband and I did it at the time, and unfortunately, he uh, got killed at a very young age. And so um, I left that business, and then I went into commercial real estate, which I absolutely hated. And from that, realized that what I really wanted to do in life and what the universe had constantly given me hints for with people telling me, you know, you should be a professional speaker, you should be on television, you should do this. And I thought they were all insane. But I realized that my real talent was giving speeches. And so while I was in commercial real estate, I gave a number of speeches. And then one day I got really tired of being unhappy there. And I just went to the printer shop and had cards printed up that said, Lee Miltier professional speaker and off and running I went to become a professional speaker and 25 years later uh, you know have done very well in that world and branched out to many other things but my very first big thing was leaping into a world I had no clue what I was doing never read a book on it no mentors no nothing just decided that I could manifest that and did mm. As as you were building like your speaking career, for for example, how did you go about securing some of those? Because I think when you first start as a speaker, generally speaking, it's like a lot of free speaking. Like, let me just go out there, get my name known. How did you build um, like a client list of people who actually paid you to come speak? And how has that how have you continued to build that over the years? Because you are a very sought after speaker. I mean, you, you there are major brands contracting you to come in and speak to their company. So, you know, how ha how did that start? And then how have you continued to build that? Well, you're absolutely right. I did a lot of free speaking. To be specific, it was 157 free speeches. <laughs> not that you counted uh, at all, Not right? that I counted. <laughs> uh, and then my first speaking gig uh, was actually for a university for, uh, you know, uh, non-credited courses for teaching women how to sell and I made $160 in six months and I remember that clearly I have a copy of that check in my office um, we cashed it by the way but we still have the copy um, <laughs> I am a believer in PR um, I have learned to uh, really utilize and capitalize on the media and so I made myself from a nobody to somebody uh, with PR in my own hometown and um, my first really big break was with AT&T and I put an ad in the paper and I then did a lot of PR about stuff I was doing and this woman who got the uh, a job at AT&T in Norfolk Virginia her first day of the job she saw the ad put it in a folder and then called me six months later and by that time I was down to I think it was $23 in my checking account wow. and I was desperate I knew I was either going to have to get married or get a job <laughs> and these processes for me were both very painful because I'm not as my father used to say great marriage material and my thought of being you know I'm unemployable pretty much because I'm such an entrepreneur yeah so I got the gig and from speaking at AT&T I got um, literally a, a, almost a hundred a hundred other gigs but one of the things that really launched my career was um, I took a position in a public speaking uh, position in a uh, public seminar forum and I spoke a hundred cities a year for six straight years oh, wow. and I built my career so big because this was sheer 
brutal work. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I would never do it again. Uh, thank God I did it. But um, I spoke in three or four cities a week, uh, you know, from nine to four. And they were all public seminars. So there were people from Walt Disney, AT&T, Ford Global, NASA, uh, you know, Federal Express, anything in all the big companies, there were people there. And I used that leverage very strongly in that, that format to promote myself. Got it. And I made sure people knew where I lived and how to find me and what my name was and what I could do. And I entertained them so much. And I was such a rebel on stage. They were not used to a woman being so outspoken and funny and just brass and fearless that they went back to their offices and said, wow, we need to hire this Lee Milt here. You know, and the contracts that I got with Walt Disney, AT&T, Ford, every person I just mentioned, I got contracts with all those people. Wow. And so my, my ability in life is to scan the landscape of the reality and see opportunities and then go after those opportunities. You never know what one little opportunity will branch out and, and bloom into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of income. And it's it's really a matter of being fearless. That the, the the one thing I learned from my dad growing up on a ranch was the the worst thing that can happen when someone says no to you is that you move on to the next gig. That no means absolutely nothing. It's the beginning of a sale. It's the be beginning of knowledge, and you're never afraid of no's. And, and frankly, my father said no to me about everything, and I learned <laughs> to negotiate so intently at a young at a young age. So how I keep it going now, um, speaking begets speaking. In other words, if um, I just spoke at a big convention last week in Minneapolis. And at the end of my presentation, there were three people lined up with cards asking me, could I speak at their conventions? Right. So if you're really hot on stage and really, really good at what you do and, and, and actually uh, you know, promote yourself in a very subtle but distinct way on stage, you're not bragging. But you're, you know, you're telling stories about how you speak. You're tell, you're, you're seeding the audience with you're a speaker. They see you're a speaker, but right. you, we, we overestimate how much people actually know, and we have to really fill in the blanks for them and connect all the dots. So um, I'm, I'm just out there. I get PR. I have a, a public relations firm that works for me, particularly for the new book. Um, I do interviews like this. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've probably done over a thousand interviews in the last five years Wow! Uh, on air. And I had my own television show for a while. I had three television shows in Virginia and a television show in Toronto. And again, I leveraged every single thing. Everything that I do, it's a new product, a new book, a new television show, appearing here. As a matter of fact, when I was in public seminars, I did something very, very different that nobody else did. Instead of uh, letting the newspapers know uh, that you were going to be in a certain city and then, you know, just asking for PR, I did it opposite. I let them know I was going to be in a city and, and invited them to come to the seminar uh, and writers to come to the seminar to share the knowledge I was sharing on stage. And I didn't ask for pre, I didn't ask for pre, uh, advertising. Got I just it. asked them to come and report afterwards. And so it I ended up with hundreds and hundreds of newspapers around the country 
coming and sending reporters because you know we went to medium city cities and so when you go to medium-sized cities there's less competition right and so those people built up such a repertoire of um that I was well known and people liked me and it, it worked in a very interesting way and I haven't seen other people do that uh they're always trying to get you know they're always trying to sell tickets I wasn't trying to sell tickets I was trying to build up my PR base because I'm in here for the very very long run um I, that's that sparks the question because throughout all of this I mean throughout all of the different speaking opportunities that you've had and all the stages that you've been on, you obviously do a very good job of being able to sell yourself in a non-icky way, really being able to present yourself as available. But, you know, in order for that to work, you have to give them the wow factor. Like you really have to make them move in their seats while they're sitting there listening. So what advice would you give to anyone who's out there speaking right now, building their speaking career on how to really impact the people in the audience to want to now listen for how available you are? Um, I, the, the one big thing about speaking that it, it actually took me a while to do and I was actually afraid to do was be very transparent and also to be very authentic. And um, primarily people don't want you to brag on stage. What they really want to hear is that, you know, and which was the truth for me. I grew up very poor, uh, extremely poor, and I lived uh, a mile and a half from the nearest secondary road in a place called Chucky Tuck, Virginia. And Chucky Tuck, Virginia is a real place. It used to be an actual uh, Indian uh, village, and uh, our ranch was right in this Indian village that had been there many years ago. And my dad was truly a farmer and uh, they want to hear that you had adversity and difficulties and uh, how you ever overcame them. If I'd have been born with a silver spoon in my mouth with wealthy parents who had all kinds of connections and went to the best schools and all that and wore the best clothes, nobody would have wanted to hear me on stage. Uh, what really makes you memorable is, is you're telling your own true stories. And, you know, the, the truth about life is the stories never end. I mean, my, my life has been filled with blessings and tragedy. Uh, my husband was murdered. Um, I mean, I have very, very long, sad stories that, you know, I could go on forever. But, you know, there's always a lesson in there. And, and what doesn't kill you makes you extremely strong. Yeah. And I am very strong from a lot of, you know, horrible adversities in my life. Uh, Dan Kennedy recently, uh, the big marketing guru, wrote about me that I was the most least likely person to become successful because I grew up so poor in the middle of nowhere with no money, no connections, and no education. And he said, yet, because of my absolute determination, vision, and fortitude of, you know, no matter what happens, I keep, I keep putting one step, one foot in front of the other, and take baby steps the whole time. Um, you know, I've, I've created, a, you know, a great life and a great bio and, uh, um, a career that I'm extremely proud of. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about Dan Kennedy for just a second since you mentioned him. So they have the uh, Glazier Kennedy Insiders uh, Circle program. And you you have partnered with them and created a special program with them that you do. Can you talk a little bit about what the program is? But also I want to hear about how you ended up creating that partnership. Like how did that end up coming about? 
Um, it's called the Peak Performers, and I am partners with GKIC. And uh, basically, the Peak Performers is for entrepreneurs around the world who meet with me four times a year in different what we call destination cities. So you can have a little vacation afterwards. And we have two days of intense marketing uh, strategies, mindset strategies, productivity strategies. And I have two other coaches that I hire to work with me. Uh, that came about primarily because uh, Dan and I have been really good friends for many years. Um, I went to a National Speakers Association many years ago and met him, and he had a sign-up sheet for, for consulting. And uh, he, one of the first things he said to me was, I really don't like working with women. And I laughed, and I said, well, that's too bad. You have 13 minutes left. <laughs> And he was so taken back by my brassness because I was like, man, I signed up and waited just like everybody else. I don't care if you don't like working with women. You know, you promised me 15 minutes worth of your time and I, I got 13 minutes left. Right. And then he gave me another 30 minutes and then he took me to dinner and then we became really good friends and we worked together on a number of projects. He and I toured together with uh, Zig Ziglar mm -hmm. uh, for a while and, uh, you know, just we're great working partners together we also created the renegade millionaire uh system together which sold millions of copies i think and so dan of course started glazer kennedy it was dan kennedy and then it was bill glazer and then it's just gkic now mm -hmm. but the partnership really happened because dan is a big mindset person and GKIC or Glazer Kennedy had been primarily only known for marketing and he really felt like there's two sides of success. There is the physical side of techniques and knowledge and information for success but the bigger side of success which most entrepreneurs glaze over and don't pay attention to is the mindset and this is where this is my forte because I really do know how to manifest things and it's about a mindset and so he, he actually um, asked me to come in with and Bill Glazer and I and he ran this for the first four years and then Bill left and then uh, Dan got busy and then I ended up running the whole thing for the last four years myself so uh, it's been quite the uh, adventure I have loved working with entrepreneurs from around the world we have people from uh, Great Britain and Russia and Sweden and I mean just people from all the world come over all over the United States all over Canada so we have this real interesting mix of men and women who are true deep down to the core capitalist entrepreneurs right and so it's uh, it's a great it's a great honor that I actually work with these people I'm very proud of them and love working with them um one of the things that is very obvious about you and the way that you work in business and sort of how you approach your life in general and definitely your business is that you are disgustingly productive. I mean, like you really get a lot of stuff done that would take most people, you know, a decade or two to get done. And um, and I would love to hear a little bit about your daily habits or your mindset habits or any sort of things that help you set yourself up to really create that level of productivity, that level of moving your business forward, that level of accomplishing all these things that you want to accomplish. So can you talk a little bit about that? 
Sure. Um, I have written by myself three books and uh, co-authored another ten books with other people. And in my book, Success is an Inside Job, which was my big bestseller prior to the new book right now, uh, I share a lot about that, a lot of autobiography stuff. But I am uh, a big believer in the use of five kinds of energy. And I teach about this a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, if anybody wants this, it's a, uh, I give this video series away. It's called FiveTypesOfEnergy.com, and it's five videos. And I share with you mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial energy and how you balance those energies out, how you use those energy. They are like money. So, for example, when I'm writing my books, I get up at between 4 and 5 a.m. in the morning. I like to get up early. I'm a morning person. There's no phones. There's no people. There's no just me and the dog and the cats and, you know, my coffee. Um, I write for four hours. And there's a sign on my door that says, unless there is blood or fire, do not bother me. <laughs> and I am very, very serious about that. Because, see, what happens is, particularly with women, we are rescuers. Right. And so they're somebody's helpers. got a problem, they come to us, and yep. they're helpers. But here's the thing. You've got to make decisions of what do you want to manifest in this life. And if there's something really important to you, you have to put yourself first. And that's not being selfish. I mean, if there is blood or fire, obviously I'm going to take care of people. But um, I really understand that if you inter interrupt my creative process of thinking, it'll take me 30 minutes to an hour to get back to that place I was at. Yep. So one of the reasons I'm so productive is I am I am very strong about educating people and teaching people how I want to be treated. And I want to be treated with respect of my creative talents and abilities. And I teach so I don't take phone calls. I return phone calls. Uh, I schedule my day out. So like my morning is done with writing or creative work. The afternoon is done with the minutia of running businesses answering phone calls, dealing with my staff. Uh, I'm a pointer, which uh, I teach in peak performers, which means I walk into my office and point. I want this done. 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 I meet with my staff every morning on the phone at 7.30 a.m. We have a production meeting. In that production meeting, I tell everybody, okay, tell me what your priorities of the day are. I will correct those if need be. And at the end of the day, we have a meeting where they email me a list of their accomplishments each day. Um, I am a born business person. I know how to use energy. You can tell from my tonality, I am a no-nonsense person. Mm-hmm. Um, when people think they're going to come work for me and it's going to be glamorous, even when there was television and television crews and, and all that stuff, nothing is ever glamorous. True entrepreneurship is focusing your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial energy in a direction with laser beam focus. You do not shotgun your energy because most people get so distracted by shiny objects. They're, I'm going to do this today and then a week from now, oh, this looks good. I think I'll do that. They never get traction. They never get momentum and momentum is the name of the game. Yep. You have to get momentum in what you're doing for it to manifest in the real world. And a lot of our problem as women, because I've done, I did women seminars for five years, and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And one of the things that women say to me is, you know, how 
people try to talk them out of things or, you know, they talk about Aunt Jane tried that and it didn't work. And right. I went, well, that was Aunt Jane. That's not you. Yep. And, you know, we have to kind of decide, literally, Katie, what our destiny and legacy is going to be. My legacy, I'm never, I, I, I never had children. I was the stepmother of three kids and, um, and I never had children on my own. But I will tell you that my books and my products, I've created 150 educational products. Wow. So um, I, I just want to, you know, share with you that I, it's not that I'm unusual. It's, it's, I think, very much like a man. Because in the business world, uh, you know, as females, we're receptive and we attract things to ourselves. And we can do that in business. But there also has to be an equal amount of, um, I'm going to go out and get it. I'm going to go try out for things. The worst thing that happens is that you try out for it and you don't get it. Right. But you might get it next year because you learned something this year from trying out from it. Um the other thing is I go for awards. So if you've looked at my bio, you see I have like a million awards. And that's because those awards are probably worth $25,000 worth of publicity right. of, 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 you know, people in your area seeing, oh, so-and-so won this award, you know, the Outstanding Professional Entrepreneur Woman of the Year. And they're thinking about a speaker or they're thinking about a consultant or they're thinking about something. Those things make a difference. And they do make a difference. Yep. And, and so many women won't they they're too shy you know if you don't toot your own horn no one else will and so um that's why i have so many products out there because i'm prolific and by the way that was a decision so being friends with dan kennedy you know dan's written i think it's like 27 books mm -hmm. uh, you know my my 13 books are nothing compared to his 27 <laughs> books but here's the deal you know it's who you hang around with that encourages you. So I don't hang around with the Cosmo group that's going to make sure we just go drink. Right. I hang around with people who are, let's talk about that I was on CNN last week. Let's talk about, you know, what book is out. Let's talk about what product. Let's talk about, you know, I just spoke with Tony Robbins. You know, let's let's talk about those things because that, that inspires you to be better and better and better. Right. That's why the peak performers does so well, because there's so many people in the group who are exceptional. It it makes everybody feel it's possible, and it is possible. Um, I want to move on to all the books that you've written. You've you've you know mentioned that a couple of times. You have a brand new book out, um, Reclaim the Magic, and you know. How is the process of writing books for you? Like, how do you make that work for you? I know you said you've written three of them on your own. You've co-written um, the rest of them. What is that process like for you? And and what have you learned through that about being able to write and market a book successfully? Um, what I've learned is that uh, book writing is, you know, it, it, it's truly a labor of love. You've got, you've, you've got to believe in yourself. I mean, there are many days I write and I look at it and go, Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Let's try that again. Um, we are all very insecure and you know, you read your stuff, but here's the secret of writing. You have a great editor. You, if you have a good editor, they can take and like, I'm not worried about the spelling. I'm not worried about, uh, when I write, I don't worry about spelling. I don't worry about grammar. I don't worry about any of that. All I think about is get my main ideas out in an 
in a way people can learn from them. So writing is really a process of sharing information in a way that other people's brains can digest it. Right. So it, it's got to be organized. So when I write, the greatest tip that I can teach anybody about writing is if you want a, an 18-chapter book, get yourself file folders and, and create 18 file folders. And every time you see a quote that you like that would go in that, say it was a chapter on PR, you put it in the PR folder uh, and then just collect all that stuff. And my first few books, I literally think I wrote in between quotes, but it was a way of connecting me because the power of association is incredible, uh, particularly in our world today with the media as it is, the power of association. So if you're writing a book and you're quoting, you know, Zig Ziglar or Dan Kennedy or Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or, you know, anybody that people know and you're writing it, suddenly their brain references you and them together. And it raises raises you up in their eyes. And, and promoting the books is really about, it's hard to write the book, but it is very challenging to promote the book in today's world. So we're promoting, we're promoting my new book, Reclaim the Magic, by um, we have actually 60 other people we call team players that I supplied all the you know blog information to, the tweet information, the Facebook, all the social media stuff. We designed all of it. We created it for them. We gave them uh, uh, an incentive. The top three team members are going to get um, an hour and a half private coaching with me, and I and I charge eight hundred and fifty dollars an hour to coach with people. So that was a very nice incentive. Um, Plus, they're going to get uh, probably $500 worth of my products from my website. They can pick anything they want. So we, 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 we upped the ante and, and, and gave people really big bonuses to work for promoting me. It's impossible in today's world to go out there by yourself. You have to connect yourself with other people. Align yourself with, with, with others, uh, just like you're doing, Katie. You're... You know, you're interviewing all these other people where you're aligning yourself with all these other people and sharing information. Right. And, you know, the the solo entrepreneur, you know, the mom at home, you know, doing things. It's not that she can't do it. She can. It's just it's so much harder. Today's world really requires, particularly with the social media. So, for instance, when I first started writing books, there wasn't social media. And it wasn't as hard to promote because there wasn't 25 books coming out a day. Right. And everybody, you know, could publish their own books on Amazon. Now, my books all come from, I own a publishing company it's called Lee Miltier Publishing, but I don't publish my own books because the clout I get for going from a real publisher, you know, Square One in New York uh, and, and people like that mm -hmm. is so much more valuable to the real media than you know, me publishing my own book, even though the average person will not know the difference. Right. Now, just let me correct myself. When I say I don't publish my own books, I my original publishing will usually always be with someone else, and then I will buy. I put it in my contracts that you after can buy so back many, the rights. I buy back the rights. Got it. That's and then smart. I publish my books. That's very smart. Um, man, you know, like after all of these things that that you've really done, um, you know, the book writing, the creating the products, the, you know, building out the program with GKIC, uh, TV, I mean, all of this stuff. What's, what is one of the biggest challenges you think that you face now being the leader and sort of forward mover of your entire enterprise? 
Um, the challenge now is always to continue to allocate my energy in the most profitable, productive way. Because there are so many distractions. There are so many things going on. The company has gotten big, uh, you know, with, with great responsibility comes great work and you know people are always saying things like do you ever see yourself retire and I'm like uh no not really because <laughs> my my work is actually my life I don't really consider it work so much there are days yeah. it feels like work if you're sitting at USA for way too many hours but um my my life is really my work um and I guess the challenge really is um always seeing the the new thing and I am developing new businesses like I've just developed a, a brand new website that'll be out it's called Lee Miltier's uh, School of Wisdom it's going to be a metaphysical site where we teach uh, practical strategies uh, how to deal with everyday problems with practical strategies and spiritual uh, solutions and um, I have new partners with that so I'm just always growing I'm, I, I also at the beginning of every year look at you know, what am I tired of? What have I done? What needs to be retired? What needs to be let go to open the doors for new things? So life is one big adventure and you just have to get up every morning and be very intuitive about where the trends are, what's happening in the world, how to capitalize on the trends, how to literally feel. And women are so good at this. You just got to give yourself permission to use it. Use that intuition of, by asking yourself, where should I be going now? Because, see, if you get a hit that you should be calling a client, if you don't call that client right away, whatever business was there will go somewhere else. Yep. It doesn't wait for you. And it's a very faint little – and I have a product called Intuition, the New Common Sense. And, and I teach people and, – and women get it right away. Men – you know, they'll get there, but it takes them a little bit longer because mm -hmm. they're so left brain and yep. they want, you know, they want evidence. But I, I know that when I have a hit, an internal hit to do something that I, I know to do it right then and to trust it. Um, I just spoke with uh, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller last week and um, had my picture taken with him and I for a long boring story somehow I forgot my book and you know he was getting ready to leave and I got to my room and I thought oh gosh I've missed him and then I get this hit like five minutes late go right this second downstairs with your book and I mean I picked up my hotel key and I, that book and I ran out the door and when I pushed the elevator door he popped out of the elevator really I where love I gave it. him the book and which was perfect you know reclaim the magic to a magician perfect perfect, perfect. <laughs> so um you know it's one of those things that if I hadn't listened to that if I waited another 30 seconds he would have been gone he would have gotten into his room I would have never seen him again never had access to him again and it it really is this also daringness you know what's the worst thing that happened I gave him my book yeah I mean he could throw it away when he got to the hotel room I have no idea what he did to it but you know, it's like if you don't try, it's never our mistakes in life, Katie, that mess us up. It's our, it's our lack of trying. It's our lack of, it's our regrets. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So I want to go ahead and cl conclude this conversation by asking you how you think you've evolved most as a businesswoman all of these years from that 12-year-old girl who took over you know, one more acre, one more time, one more row 
to the woman that you are today, what do you think is the most um, shining example of how you've most evolved? I, I think, you know, that's kind of a tough question, but what comes to mind is my willingness to be transparent and to really just share who I am, not try to be somebody else, not, you know, not look at other people on stage or speakers or writers or, you know, anybody who does anything and not look at them and think, oh, I wish I were them. But really accept this is who I am. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. Um, I, I love and accept myself as I am, warts and all. And I share all the warts and, you know, the m- mistakes and failures. And I do find that in the beginning of my career, I was afraid to do that. I was really, truly afraid to share all that deep, intimate information. And that disclosure is what really bonds people to you because then they can relate to you and if you just try to always show all the success uh, a lot of people can't relate to that but they can relate to the struggle and the and there's and and I will say you know every everybody has struggled every single day nobody nobody has a perfect life there's no perfect marriages no perfect anything and it's just us really trying to look for the good in ourselves and to look for the good in the others and um, you know just be the best person you can possibly be. Um, when my husband got killed a number of years ago, the one thing that really struck me was we all had all these plans to do all these things. But we talked and talked and talked and talked about all these things we were going to do, right. which we didn't get to do. And now my theory is more, what the hell, let's just go do it. <laughs> you know, what the worst thing that can happen is, you know, everything falls apart and we do something else. Yeah. But it's this, it's this adventure ride and the, we as human beings have so much more power than we have been bred to believe that we have. And I have just studied universal uh, wisdom so much to know how to manifest in life. So I do it. And it seems natural to me. I don't even think about it anymore. It's my husband, uh, he jokingly says, there are no days off here. That every morning I wake up with giving him 25 things to do. <laughs> And, and because there are 25 things to do, you know, we just built a big house on the water and we, we custom built this house and, um, we, we, we were the contractors ourselves, which was insane, but we wow. still did it. And I wrote the book while I was doing that and traveled Jeez, and ran girl. all those businesses. And it's, it was just, it felt natural. It's something I wanted to do. It was on my bucket list and. I, I will say I will never do that again, but, you know, it's done. <laughs> I'm glad you got to check it off, right? <laughs> yes, I can check it off and hopefully never have to move again. Man. Well, Lee, I really want to thank you so much for being here. There will be a direct link on um, the Biz Women Rock uh, show notes page for you for your brand new book, Reclaim the Magic, as well as a direct link to your website so people can go and check you out and find out more information about you. I really appreciate you sharing your story here. Uh, It's just been absolutely tremendous, very inspiring, and uh, just very real. So thank you so much. Katie, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You had great questions, by the way. bizwomenrock.com forward slash 215 that's 215 that's where you're going to find all of the show notes here for lee including a direct link to her brand new book reclaim the magic didn't you just feel like you could like go and kick the world's ass in this 
after this interview, um, I just loved how she had so many wise things to say. The thing that really hit me between the eyes was the idea of focus and making sure that you're structuring your day around who you're going to be and what's most important for you and to be selfish in that manner so that you can train others how to interact with you and train others how to treat you. As a little personal side note, I have always said this in kind of my general life, but especially in like relationships, like you tr- you train other people how to treat you. I'm such a big believer in that. So I was so happy to hear her say that about business. She had so many great takeaways. I would love to hear which one you really resonated with and which one really shifted some things for you. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 215 or just go to bizwomenrock.com and look up Lee and you'll find her. Um, or go on social media. Leave me a comment. I want to hear what you really got, uh, what really you know came to fruition for you, and how you are planning to manifest what you want, which is what Lee is all about. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you on the next episode. 